We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Left. We talked about a few of the candidates yesterday. You gave your top three. Today, we want to try and imagine what the Notre Dame offense might look like if one of these guys actually got the job. So we'll start with the start with the guy that impresses you or impresses you the most. I don't want to, one of the guys that gives you a great impression one of the greatest impressions from what you've watched on film and just, you know, watching his teams and his offenses. And that's Andy Ludwig from Utah. I think he's 56. Um, we talked about one of the things that might keep him from taking the job is relocation and his comfort level there at Utah and in that position. What his goals are from a career standpoint, what he wants to do next. How would the Notre Dame offense look with Andy Ludwig as the offensive coordinator? I think it would give us a, a clear identity on what uh, Marcus Freeman came in with the idea of as a head coach on being physical. I think every position you would see a physicality to it because that's what the key to their success is. And I think defensively, we want that physicality to show next year, especially from our linebacker position. So for that to carry over to the offense and how we do things with the running backs we have and the, and the run potential and the offensive line and the receivers being as big as they are, we don't have no little receivers. I mean, Jaden Thomas can play tight end. I already thought Caleb Smith was a tight end <laughs> at first, but I think that um, – that style is what Notre Dame has been accustomed to when we were really, really good. Mm -hmm. And I think with a quarterback that is as experienced as Sam Hartman and with a quarterback that's as dynamic and a runner of a, of a type of athlete Tyler Buckner is with a, you know, pretty solid arm. You're seeing a, a right fit for what it wouldn't take a lot of transition for, going into next year. We were already a running heavy run play action team with heavy tight end presence. But having a guy like this, it would be much more of the same, maybe a little simpler, but a little more clean. And then having the experience of Sam or Tyler being in there, you'll see it come more alive where we have more points. So maybe more basic, but more points. You'll see a, a, a more streamlined identity of, of physicality that we're going to display on every snap running straight forward. We're not going to do too many cute things. And if it gets cute, it's a play action or something. Uh, but I think it would fit to what we've recruited so far. And I think if we, if you go outside of that, you get something more of the passing style. Um, it would be interesting to see how they develop that offense in one off season. Is it going to be um, take some time? Cause we're not used to having, a consistent passing game. We have the pieces we feel like, mm -hmm. but to roll it out as an offense, 
I think the fans are will be more anticipatory of what it will look like because we've never seen, you know, something on that level. But uh, bringing a guy like Andy Ludwig, and I think it will keep more towards the style that we're used to, that we've been begging for, and that's been working for us in these last couple of years. You know what's funny? The Byron Leftwich debate going on in the chat. I love LL Nation. It's spicy today. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, all of our great content. Go over there with shows like State of Recruiting and us as well. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we spin it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> so... Andy Ludwig, as we said before, look, the situation for me is a clear conversation, and I think that's one of the top questions that's going to be at the forefront of any interviewing process with Marcus Freeman and these candidates. What are your future goals? What do you want to do? Minimum, you would like to have an offensive coordinator come in and stay for two to three years, especially for the sake of the quarterbacks besides Sam Hartman that's in that quarterback room that still need development. You go from Andy Ludwig to someone that has a lot of experience, and that's Joe Moorhead, right? Whether it's Penn State, Mississippi State, currently coaching as a head coach, quarterback coach, He's with Akron now. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think when I dug into him, his children are a little bit older. So Akron, South Bend, it's not that big of a move geographically for him. And the experience he has, bro. I was looking at specifically the one thing we can all point to, right, from a successful standpoint, offense, is you look at that Penn State offense with Trace McSorley, Saquon Barkley, uh, Jawan Johnson, and K.J. Hamler, and the smaller wide receivers in the slot, they were able to put up points. And he was able to develop, to develop Trace McSorley into a pretty good, almost an Ian Book-type college career at quarterback, wouldn't you say? Um, you can say that. Yeah, kind of similar. How how do you think the offense would look with Joe Moorhead as the offensive I, coordinator? It would look more flushed out. I think you would see a more mature style of uh schemes. It wouldn't be uh on a traditional basis, it wouldn't be so of the creative sense that you got from uh this new age kind of offense where you're trying to score a bunch of points and mismatches. I think it'll be something where um, you see a lot of success with in the college football world, but with a guy like Joe Moorhead, you're, you're going with things that work. So 
He knows with the experience that he's been a part of what can work, and I think you will see him fitting what the team has because he's been a head coach, so he knows um, coaching to the strength of what he has on the team, and I think you'll see that meld with him doing what he knows best in terms of putting the offense together that can be consistent. Will we be the highest scoring offense in the country? Probably not, but I think we will be very complimentary of a defensive-led uh, football team that we can win games. Not like the maybe the Baltimore uh, Ravens in the 2000s, but we're, we're going to hold our end of the uh, bargain on a 50-50 scale when it comes to supporting the, the, t- the defense and winning football games. Well, you're talking about opening the passing attack up and still having an emphasis on the run. That's, that's Joe Moorhead, right? That's what yeah. he did at Penn State with Saquon Barkley to give him room. He was able to give K.J. Hamler, Jahan Dotson space and get them in space to be able to run after the catch. You talk about Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown, when he was at Boston College, was the super mid, right? He goes to Oregon for one year, works with Joe Moorhead, and all of a sudden he's walking into Ohio Stadium and beating the Buckeyes. So, <laughs> you know, you have to be impressed with Joe Moorhead, like I said, moving from Akron, 2-10. Right, to win 10 first year, you just get that head coach. You have to think about what his mentality is. Right, he just became yeah. a head coach. Does he have a mentality of like, I want to build my program, or does he read the writing on the wall after one year and say, You know what, maybe I can get an even better head coaching position if I can go to Notre Dame and make things much better for that offense? Well, I know Joe Moorhead, if he's looking at Notre Dame in general, he knows the success of what it can be of him going there for a year or two. It don't even take long for coaches to turn over from assistants and position coaches to head coaches and coordinators. So uh, Joe Moorhead probably knows the, the value of that. Mm-hmm. And it comes down as he a guy that's committed from building a program ground up or get into a program that's halfway up and he can finish the job being a great coach. So Notre Dame is going to give you the benefit of having that that option. It's not like he can go – he's not going to be a Scott Frost and go to Nebraska and then, you know, not do great there and then have a hard time finding somewhere else, you know. A lot of people have been mentioning Scott Frost. What's, what's your vibe on Scott Frost? <laughs> Enough yeah. said. Enough said. Joe Brady, quarterback coach for the Buffalo Bills, which from a resume standpoint, I really don't know. Because we know what he did at LSU. He scapegoated at Carolina. He leaves there. He goes to the Buffalo Bills. Tons of experience. Previous relationship with Marcus Freeman. Brings NFL experience, quarterback development experience that he's gained. Joe Brady sounds really good, but for me, he's the one candidate where I'm like, "Mm, I don't know, man. Right? And I just wonder if I want somebody coming off of a negative year, right? Because, look, I don't know why I'm about to set set this right up on the tee for you. I shouldn't even be doing this, LL Nation. But I'm about to put the ball right on the tee for Malik right now, and I already know where this is about to go. But for the sake of talking about Joe Brady as an OC candidate, I think him and Ken Dorsey are coming off of a not-so-good season with the decline or the alleged decline of their quarterback and his play. And well, it was never a decline. He's the same guy he's been since day one. A guy that's heavy turnover, wants to play hero ball, you know, decision okay, making Tim Brown. In the club. Okay, Tim Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tim Brown was on to something there. He, 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 he spoke something universal. He wasn't just speaking about one guy. And 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 I think it just when you're doing all that. You get outside of what Joe Burrow doesn't get outside of. He stick to the system, and he gets better, and he wins championships. So Joe Brady is like, man, get me away from this 
Tasmanian devil out there just putting his body in harm's way more than Lamar. I don't know why we paid him and they're not paying Lamar. But if we could save Joe Brady, then we could save Joe Brady. But to be honest, I think it would be really good to see uh, um, Joe Brady fit. I think he could fit with a guy like Sam Hartman, maybe not Tyler Buckner as well, only because I think that uh, – But what does the offense look like? Does the offense look like the LSU offense? With Sam Hartman, maybe. I think with Tyler Buckner, it would look like what you saw with Josh Allen, and it would only take you so far. Because Tyler Buckner is a, is a, you know, he, he don't put that Josh Allen vibe on on Tyler Buckner in Notre Dame. Don't do that. Tyler Buckner do plays that. a little don't hero do ball. Tyler don't Buckner has been positioned to play he hero ball. He does not. He is developed beyond that. He does not. He had to play hero ball in California where he was, and he and he's Tyler, matured. And he played hero ball against. Against Ohio State and Marshall, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I agree with that. Tommy went with that early in the season, but I think we saw a different Tyler Buckner in the Gator Bowl. He was still. I mean, he had a hundred rushing yards. He had about two hundred passing yards. He had a rushing touchdown, a couple pass. I mean, he going. He just is the type of player he is. Do I think that's a Joe Brady fit? No, I think Sam Hart be great with a Joe Brady, and we would we would look great. We would look really good. I think Caleb Smith will be happy. Mm-hmm. He'll have his concepts and, and routes in there, and Sam Hartman would feel as though, like, okay, I'm going to just watch a bunch of Burrow tape throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. I think he can fit more of an experienced wave of that than trying to start from ground up like a Tyler Bugner trying to learn a whole uh concept that he's not comfortable with yet. I don't think you throw Tyler Bugner into a whole – passing air raid situation after coming off a year where he can't even stay healthy. Our health is the main issue with him, right? We understand. I think Josh Gaddis will keep Tyler Buckner healthy. Because J.J. McCarthy that. is a, you know. That's a super chat that we'll get to a little bit later. Uh-huh. You know, like I said, if you're an offensive coordinator, you're calling about this job. Yes. I mean, you're you're calling about this job. That's what we're trying to say. The phone ringing. Like the narrative has been totally flipped when it comes to Notre Dame with this position and how things went down with Tommy Reese as opposed to how things went down with Brian Kelly and the months after that and the things that transpired, it just wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good look. And somehow, some way, Notre Dame, from a PR standpoint, found the opportunity and used the opportunity to make this position look even more scrumptious. Like right now, the Notre Dame OC position looks like commercial food. You know what I mean, Lev? Nothing looks better than commercial food. The food they put in the commercials, you're like, man, that looks good. No one is nasty because of the restaurant is from. No one is nasty. Okay, what restaurant you think is like that? Because do you think like Red Lobster is nasty for real? Like the only, for thing, real? I've, the only thing I've really ever eat, eaten, I've never really done seafood at Red Lobster. What? No, I haven't. The, so the what you get at Red Lobster? The biscuits I popped though. Oh, yeah. You can get biscuits, biscuits and leave. Man. And then don't get the biscuits and the salad. I'll be done. I'll be like, I'm good. <laughs> After that salad and the biscuits with the ranch. Yeah. From a fast food joint, because I've really checked out on McDonald's. But this, man, okay, I, let's be serious. Does anybody ever really check out a McDonald's? I know you may not eat it every day. No, let me tell you something. I checked out, and then we had baby girl, and she fell in love with Happy Meals, Popeyes, and Kentucky Fried. Like she was just a straight chicken until yeah. this day. Now she's in love with Canes. She's always been chicken, and she got worse on the taste. <laughs> she did. She did. I don't know. 
How you skip over Chick-fil-A in that whole process? Man. What's going on? But, dude, yeah, McDonald's, I left them a long time ago. Man. But, man, they have some commercials that make that quarter pounder with cheese look real good. See, and maybe that was a time period because I agree with you. It was a time where quarter pounders was in style. And and they had them. I don't even know if it was the commercials, but it was something about a quarter pounder in 2010, 2011, 2012. I used to get them. Yeah. And be like, this is a good meal. This is like, and I used to, you know, I used to be so funny because I used to be like, and make it fresh. You always ask, but especially for the fries. Like no salt on the fries. They have to make quarter pounder fresh. fresh. Because I get upset. I'm like, man, because nothing is better than a fresh quarter pounder. Yeah. I go up there and be like, um, can you hook me up, man? You but ever them three years. I've heard this. Man? I've heard this from a lot of people out west. Carl's Jr. is trash, but they make trash. the food look fantastic on the commercial. Yeah. Them and Hardy's. Hardy's is bad out there. Hardy's and Carl's Jr. Are they cousins or something like that? I didn't know or that. Brothers or, or first removed cousins or something like that. <laughs> Lilo Galante said he just got a double quarter pounder that just slapped. I'm t- it'd be moments where that it really be mm, on point. But I haven't had a quarter oh, pounder in a long time. Man. It's it's really that's what it is right now, man. Now it looks good, but it's trash. Right? <laughs> and I don't think Notre Dame now. <laughs> Is in the same position, right? Yeah. I don't think they look the same as they did look a year ago. And I think the buzz is out there in Arizona and the national landscape about the position and the possibilities. It's positive. It's a really a positive look for Notre Dame. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation. In conjunction with Irish Breakdown, all of our great content, leave five stars, leave your comments. We greatly appreciate it. It's because of ULL Nation that we do this each and every day. You keep the chat spicy. You keep us going. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. So you talked about Andy Ludwig. You talked about Joe Moorhead. You talked about Joe Brady. Uh, you talked about Byron Leftwich a little bit earlier. Are there any off-the-radar guys that you feel like, you know what, I might give them a shot or at least have a conversation with them? Man, I I really don't want to even stay too far off the radar in this situation we're in. I kind of want to bring a guy in that's uh, accomplished, somebody that's – that can can be a fire starter for our offense, not a guy that we're experimenting with. Or trying to put on, you know, we we love to put a put a dude on, you know, we love to get a dude a better job, we love to get a dude paid, we let a dude come in that's paid and have a good job already. Yeah, come get us right, you know, come you know help our team out. So, uh, I would love it to be somebody that I know, and not have to look up. That's that's what I'm going for. Yeah, and I see Bob O'Day. We said last week. Now, we fully expected some NFL assistants to be part of the process. Like, we fully expect that. Like, why wouldn't you? And this is why the conversation that went on, and you know, I understand the love affair with Andy Ludwig, Jason Candle, uh, Joe Moorhead. But the NFL game has been infected by the college game. This, this is different because I saw someone mention mm-hmm. – Previous coaches that made the jump that weren't successful. Someone brought up Nick Saban. Dude, all levels of football are pretty much the same now. It was the high school level that infected the college game. The college game has now infected the NFL. Hey, the college game is in the Super Bowl. Literally. You're going to watch a college playbook try to beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. (laughs) That's what you're about to watch. And if it happens... If it happens, by all means, there are going to be several NFL offensive coordinators or quarterback coaches that get calls. 
Why? Because it's a copycat league. It's a copycat league. You know, maybe back in the day when it was strictly pro sets, pro offense, pro style offenses that were coming, you might be skeptical of an NFL coach coming to call a college game. Of course, recruiting comes into play. But let me tell you something. If you can call an offense for Jalen Hurts in the NFL, you can call an offense at Notre Dame. <laughs> now, whether or not you, you are a great play caller and you have great timing as a play caller, that's yet to be seen, right? Because anyone that might come from the staff with the Philadelphia Eagles, you have to ask yourself, what did they really do? Because it's Nick Sirianni's offense. Yeah. It's his offense, right? So if you were on that offensive staff, what specifically did you do? I mean, that sounds like a typical interview question, right? What did you? Yeah. What, what were your specific tasks with the Philadelphia Eagles or with whatever team said candidate might come from? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. They talk a lot about Brian Johnson from the Eagles. He was in Florida, too. Um, and when Florida was with Dan Mullen and having some success, they had Kyle Trask out there, Felipe Frank, so – um, I do think for Marcus Freeman, this decision is just going back to why it's important. It's almost like another first year because now you have your full, complete uh, staff without the extra drama. And so you can lock in on uh, building out the team and finding the right roster mm -hmm. that can work out together on the chemistry level. I mean, yeah. you know, they're hell-bent on having guys that are great practice players. So bringing a guy in on offense that keeps that same mentality of being a great practice player and helping develop these guys as well, the NFL uh, assistants are going to be great for that. And the system and, the, and what Marcus Freeman is running as a program is going to be set up for them to foster uh, a great relationship for an assistant NFL coach to come in and call offense and develop our guys. I agree. I agree. I see cool kid. As always, we thank Cool Kid for coming in. I believe I think Cool Kid is an Alabama fan, if I'm not mistaken. And you said y'all don't have Devontae Smith and AJ Brown or that old line. What the Eagles? I guess he's saying that has nothing to do with calling plays, like in college. The point is a college offense is in the pros. We didn't say you had to bring the same offense. Same players. Yeah, stay with us. Stay with us. Lucky Lefty Podcast. People try to get slick. You know, that's why we say listening is a skill. I think we said the point was that college offense has the potential to win the Super Bowl. And if someone's on that staff, which you just pointed out, left has plenty of experience from Florida with Dan Mullen, just happens to get an interview. We don't think they would struggle calling plays. Mm -mm. I'm just saying, man. You know, people try to take our words and twist it. We want to make sure we unravel the bull. Because that's how rumors get started. They said this. Nah, it's not. That's that's not what we said. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really interested, man, to see how the the fans respond to who we got uh, coming in. Are they gonna give them a chance? Are we gonna compare them to Tommy? You know, mm -hmm. I think uh, I think we just want to see us be consistent on the offensive side of the ball because we know defense mm -hmm. is starting along as a consistent force too yeah i agree with that i agree with that once again you don't want to start this argument dude because first of all let's see i love this people don't listen you don't listen you don't listen and offense is as good as his personnel then why are mac teams putting up 40 points why are teams that have less personnel like Utah 
putting up points. No, it's the offensive coordinator that can use what he has to produce that causes great offenses. It's more than one way to skin a cat. If you want to be caught in one way to be successful, then you go ahead and do that. Mm. The only way to have a productive offense is just to have a bunch of talent. All right, that's the way you see it. There's plenty of offenses in college football that don't have the talent of Alabama or Georgia that are able to put up points on a week-to-week basis. Why? Because they have very smart offensive coordinators that are resourceful enough to use what they have to get the similar results. I mean, look at SEC. Auburn has a great amount of talent. They like can't said, get coached for a lick. Come on, man. All them gimmick offenses they was running when Gus Malzahn was there, they couldn't win for a consistent year after year. It could win when it was new and fresh. Look, dude, the conversation wasn't even about Notre Dame. The conversation was about generally the conversation that was being had in the chat all day about NFL coaches coming to the college ranks. And we were just pointing out in general that a college offense had the opportunity to win the Super Bowl. So therefore, a college coach or NFL coach can definitely come to the college ranks. And you have people that want to make it. It had nothing to do with Notre Dame. It had absolutely nothing to do with Notre Dame. He tried to make it about Notre Dame. But unfortunately, they play USC, UCLA. They just... Dude, Utah smacks USC going back four or five years when they had defense. Come on, man. Stop. 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 Duke got a really smart coach, a really great young offensive coordinator, and all of a sudden they start putting up points. Stop. Stop. You love Duke. You think Duke going to beat us? No, I just think it's a a, a bad schedule. Mm. It's just I just don't like the coming after an emotional game. I just don't like playing a game like that. I just don't. I don't. You know. So once again, cool kid, conversation wasn't even about Notre Dame. It wasn't even about Notre Dame. Had everything to do with a conversation that you jumped into that's been going on for over an hour about whether or not NFL coaches can come to college and be successful in today's football. That's the conversation. Stick to the conversation. Stop trying to hijack it and just troll Notre Dame. Stop. You're wrong. You're wrong in your assumption. Acquiring a bunch of talent. Wait a minute. This is, wait a minute. Is this not the second time that the Eagles have tried to acquire talent? You remember when they had the super team and they acquired all of that offensive talent with Chip Kelly? Remember that? How did that offensive system work with all of that talent? What happened, left? What, because cool kid thinks he's right. What happened? Didn't work out. Didn't work out. They, so put the whole some, premise, they put up some cool points, though. So all that premise with offense and it's based upon the talent and our system is only as good as the talent was proven wrong and has been proven wrong on multiple occasions in football. Has been. Matter of fact, Joe Burrow and the same receivers were at LSU the year before they won the national championship with a different coordinator. Mm. What happened? See, that whole thing about it's all about the talent, stop that. If that's the case, we don't need any coaches. Just walk the teams out on the field and let everybody call their own plays and go. Yeah. Once again, had zero to do with Notre Dame. The conversation was about whether or not NFL coaches can adjust to college football and today's football. Stick to the topic as a non-Notre Dame fan and stop trying to troll. 
You played yourself. You played yourself. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We love you, though, because you played yourself on that one. You played yourself. Did we miss anybody? You left you 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 pretty much know who you want. Yeah, but you know, I want it to be uh fitting for what we want to do with the talent that we have. I don't want it to be somebody that is a good hire when he spoke about but can't work with the team we got, you know. Yeah. So um Marcus Freeman, I trust his judgment, but I would hope that he feels it more than just having one guy come in and, and maybe bring maybe one or two in. As he move forward, left, how would you like to see, you know what, regardless of the OC, how would you like to see this offense evolve? Right? Do you want to see them continue? what we expect Sam Hartman to do within this offense? Or do you want to look at Kenny Minchie, Tyler Buckner, CJ Carr and say, look, this is a one-off. This is what we're going to be moving forward. When it comes to the OC that you're going to, that you might end up hiring. Well, I think it's interesting because Sam, I think Sam Hartman was more of a Tommy Reese call in terms of who it is. Now, if we had Jeff Sims, I think it wouldn't be that big of a problem because I think him and Tyler are more similar. It would be a transition smooth. To where, okay, Jeff Sims is, is, is learning just like Tyler and the best yeah. man win. Yeah. Because yeah. we got the guy for that. Sam Hartman was very specific. And that's why I said if. If Tommy's gone, then I'd rather go with Tyler. So Just basically of the chain and natural command of the order of your quarterback room, you're throwing a, a monkey red shit with Sam with Tommy not being there because we know that Tommy being there, Sam was most likely going to be the starter because that's Tommy's type of guy. A new offensive mm -hmm. coordinator is going to have a room full of different guys that – you really don't have any allegiance to, honestly. So um, for what the team needs, I think it's more um, succinct to run well with Tyler Buckner because he's the only thing left there from last year in that case. That's interesting that you say that because for me, I think the future is bright not just in 2023, but beyond. I'm cool. I don't want to say cool because I want a national championship. That's right. So I don't want to lie. We're not, I losing, be, we're not losing that steam. Yeah, I was about to say something like I'm cool with going yeah, he's about to He's about to settle in like us. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool I with was. 10 wins. <laughs> right, right. No, no, no. We're not talking like that. You're right. You're right. I, I, I definitely want to win. I want to ask, as we get ready to get out of here, what's the impact on Sam Hartman? Because I think no one's really you, – you would know. Like, Sam Hartman, he's a Tommy Reese guy, pro style. Yeah, he's looking he around coming like, to prove. what in the heck is going on? <laughs> Where am I at? What happened? I should have been in the league, mm. X, Y, Z. So I think he is trying to be a good sport about it, trying to make the best out of the situation, being positive. <laughs> but you in a tough spot now because now what? You know, because now what? You in a position to where um, you don't know who has your back. Hmm. necessarily like who's going to be the guy in the room saying yeah Sam should be the guy is it going to be Marcus Freeman maybe but your main guy that was going to be on your on your side would be Tommy saying boom we brought him in boom he's running what we like this is the improvement 
X, Y, or Z. I mean, the man was wearing 10, just like Drew Pine. So he knew what the role he was coming into or what he thought he was coming into. But I think it takes away some of the pizzazz and effect of him being a good fit as a transfer because now the offensive coordinator has to be specific to Sam as opposed mm-hmm. to the other way around. And I think Sam's not a, a talented enough quarterback um, to be versatile in every system. That's why I didn't like the guy from Coastal Carolina. Because he needs a specific guy, you know, you know, to run what he's good at. With Sam, I think he needs a, a, a consistent, I mean, a, a specific guy for him. But also, you know, I think because it's Notre Dame, he's going to be protected in a lot of ways. But when it comes to them two games that we need for all the marbles, I don't know if I'm – I feel better going all in with him and Tommy than him and another guy. I just think if I'm Marcus Freeman now and I'm talking to these candidates, I'm saying, okay, I have Sam Hartman. He is who he is. I know the type of passer he is, so I just need a guy that can come in and kind of just massage him through and get this offense through and have a successful season in 23 and give us a shot to win a championship. But I really need somebody that's going to be able to develop my future because it's bigger than just Sam Harvin in 2023. Like Tyler Buckner, Kenny mentioned, and CJ Carr. That's I'm picking somebody for the roster, I'm not picking somebody for the year. Oh, hey, break that down. You're picking somebody for the roster and not someone for the year. Yeah, if I'm that's you know, Marcus Freeman, I'm picking somebody that's going to develop Kenny Minchie. Really, that's the (laughs) who's going to develop Kenny Minchie because on the way of doing that. You're going to have Tyler in there with some years left that if I'm going to be here past five years, I need to worry about the development of Kenny and, and Carr coming in. So who is fitting to that style? And I think that the guy that is is going to be able to keep not only the recruits, but be able to develop the guys that we have in that room specifically to what Marcus Freeman and the offense and the team are looking forward to from my offensive coordinator. It's a very unique position because, like you said, the the staff around you remains. You're you're, you're dolo in this mission, kind of conforming to what we got going on, but bringing something that we don't have. And nowadays, everybody wants to do everything themselves, so it makes it a little harder to get a team fit for a coordinator position, which is different than getting a position coach under a coordinator, getting a coordinator to fit with position coaches. So – the challenges never cease to end, but these are good challenges that Marcus Freeman handling well yeah. can make the success of the team go even crazier than it's going to be. Let's get to these super chats on the way out left. Jason Hewlett, thank you for tapping in as always. Can we get Byron Leftwich and Luck together? Luck already said if Byron Leftwich comes, he'll be in South Bend a whole lot more. I'm there. I got Corey Roof, how we discussed Josh Gaddis. He was mentioned. I'm sure. Look, like I said, if you're an like OC, you said, you don't want somebody coming off a bad season. He didn't even make it through the whole season. No, he made it through the whole season. He just didn't make it through the whole season to, to spring football. Oh. Adam Shipley, thank you. Do you think them wanting to keep the staff together eliminates any current candidates? like Moorhead being responsible for a whole staff at Akron. I mean, for anyone, him, Jason Candle, that are old to have people connected to them, that's the, yeah, that's, you know, that's someone's livelihood in your hands. So I'm sure it'll be tough. It definitely would be tough, in my opinion. That's tough, man. 
because you have to do what's best for you in your career. And then you have to kind of put that next to like how your decision is going to impact the other others around you. And that's, that's very difficult. Thank you for that, Adam. That's a great question. Mike, thank you for the super chat. Please, no more Buckner. Dude would break his leg if he fell into a pool of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends if he's diving off the diving board and hits the bottom because of, you know, speed, gravity and stuff. Well, here we go. There's that Notre Dame education. You just have to but, take it deeper, didn't you? But, you know, I think that Tyler got to have a coach that cares about his health. You know, I don't think Tommy Very cares. much so. <laughs> Tommy did not give a darn about his health about man. to start the season so. last year at no, all. No. At all. Because you didn't even warm him up. You went straight to him being the lead dominant ball carrier. <laughs> so if he gets somebody that cares about his health, I think we can see a better Tyler Buckner in the future. I bet you, man, they have to have somebody behind Tyler when he walks into workouts like stretch, <laughs> my dude. Stretch. You just you just can't pick up weights. Yeah. No, stretch. You, you, you too, you're making you too stiff, man. You out there getting bent up out of shape now. Your ankle going two different directions and shit. Your hamstring falling off. And you a quarterback, man. Like you a quarterback. JC Healy, we appreciate you. Can you see the OC playing both quarterbacks? If if we want to lose, why would you bring a quarterback? Uh I mean an OC in here to do that. You might as well elevate somebody from the the you know the, the team already. Yeah, because you ain't bringing nothing fresh. We've been doing two quarterbacks for a long time. Yeah, Truman Jamel, thank you, my brother, as always for tapping in. Hey, Malik, tell us what bringing Byron Leftwich to Notre Dame as OC would mean for us. Man, be a lot of coffee and no cream. I tell you. <laughs> I would really hope it worked out. <laughs> I would just I would just really hope that it was it would it would turn out to be really good for us. Um I think you will find uh something that hasn't been seen I don't think ever <laughs> at Notre Dame. <laughs> and, and don't let Kenny Minchie start too, because then it'd just be, you know, it'd be too crazy. <laughs> Start looking like the Chicago Bears over here, boy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Notre Dame start looking like the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I'm still, know, I'm still shocked right now at the Chicago Bears. Notre Dame, Notre Dame will be celebrating Black History Month to the fullest extent. You know, <laughs> we got a trifecta like that. You got Kenny, the OC, and the head coach. We just we doing a lot, but. I, I think thought, that, uh, wait a minute. So, true story. I have to tell this story because this is <laughs> this is this spits right here. So, I get a text from Baby Girl right on Saturday. Now, I knew she was scheduled to sing the national anthem for the USC Washington game on Saturday night. So, I get a text Saturday morning around eleven, and. I was busy doing something, so I didn't see the first text. So by the time I saw my phone, she had texted back and said, never mind. I said, okay. Now, I know when she says never mind, she needed some advice. So I'm like, wait a minute. I'm still calling. So I called. I'm still she, calling. That's the I'm candidate. still calling. <laughs> I call. She picks up the phone. She's heated. I can tell she's heated. I'm like, baby, what's wrong? She's like, man. <laughs> I feel like I need to see sing, lift every voice and sing to start the game. And I'm like, okay, okay, like, all right. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, but they won't let me. And I'm like, you, you spoke to the administration? Like, yeah, I spoke to the people that handle the basketball games and they said there's not enough time for it. So they're going to try and see if I can do it at halftime. And so we're talking, as, as as we're talking, the email comes through, and they're like, yeah, it's not enough time at halftime. Right. And she's like. Some excuse. She's like, see, see, they plan. And I'm like, okay, they said no. 
And so it was just silence. And all of a sudden she says, I'm just going to sing it. I said, all right. <laughs> I said, baby girl. Okay. <laughs> I said, if you do what you're thinking about doing, you understand that you're going to have to deal with the consequences of your Yeah, life. like, yeah, it's definitely going to be something behind Like, you are still a student. Like, you are still a student. Like, I need you to relax. Right now, your Shirley Chisholm is coming through, and I need you to be baby girl right now. Like, I need you to graduate. You are literally a year away from graduation. Like, listen, we are almost... Hey, like, we are almost done. As like, an alumni? <laughs> yeah. Of course. Go back. Stand on the table. Go crazy. But if you... Why you, why you want to... You right there. So I just told her, I said, look, if that's how you feel and that's the stand you want to take, then just let them know that you can't do it. Like, I can't do it. I'm not going to be able to sing these are my principles this yeah, month. Just, just let them. Right? <laughs> Surprising people probably wouldn't be the best plan of action. Bro. So I'm watching on TV. The game is on TV, but of course they never show the national anthem. They always always after the national anthem. So I'm so nervous because I'm waiting for a phone call or text to come. Because she usually calls right after she gets done. She's done it several times over the last two and a half years. So uh, they call a songbird on campus. Like they they do. She loves doing it. So long story short, bro, phone rings. And I'm like, hello? Yeah, she's like, I just went ahead and did it, <laughs> and I'm like, you went ahead and did what? She was like, I sang the national anthem, and I'm like, yeah. okay, okay. I was like, next time, why don't you tell them a week in advance? Yeah, well, instead of ahead. the morning of, because you, you might have a chance. Like you I have a chance. You yeah. might have a chance. Yeah, I don't said, say but you, like, let's say you can't do it. I said, but you. You want some revolutionary type stuff. Yeah, you crash and out. I pay way too much tuition for them to send you home because of the national anthem. Because that revolution <laughs> doesn't have doesn't have a payback to it. Yeah, you, right. You, you, right. You, you going all in. You that's my money too. You going all Man, in. dude. But I we tell right you, here though. We look, we cross that line, we jump, we do anything. You know? Bro, when I tell you she had folks back here nervous for about an hour. You look at three years go down the drain like God. She got a boat. I love love my daughter, but she's stubborn. She's stubborn. And I could tell when we were giving her advice, she wasn't trying to hear us. You you know what it is because you've been on the other side of the Yeah. She's like, man, I hear y'all, but that's not what I'm looking for. I need somebody to stand up, you stand down. (laughs) She's saying red, you saying blue. She's like, God. Right. She's like, man, nah, you know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's Petty Historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Put LeBron James on. LeBron James just needs to live on the Petty Train. Look, man, <laughs> stop lying. It's okay. I'm disappointed, but now I'm back on task. What task is that? Going home early? Again? No, we'll be, we'll be playing tournament. Like, dude. Look, congratulations Brown, to Brown you. Be playing tournament. Come on. Congratulations to you. The 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 resellers, the ticket resellers, and the Lakers are about to make a mint this week off of the accomplishment <laughs> that you're about to you know attain. But uh look, Mac underscore 10, thank you for the super chat. But my brother, stop whining, man. Stop whining. whining. Stop whining. 
he's just a whiner, dude. I can't do him. I, I can't. I, I just I can't take him anymore, dude. I can't take him anymore. Like, what the heck are you disappointed about? What are you disappointed about? That they traded Kyrie to the Mavs because they didn't like Kyrie, not because of anything else. They didn't want to do Kyrie a favor. They traded him somewhere he didn't want to go because they was hating because they knew that LeBron, AD, and Kyrie would be next level. That's obvious. We could we they would have took Russ. Okay, man. Got Russ off our hands. He would have reunited with KD. Okay. Great storyline. And Joe Sai just yeah. tripping. Yeah. Yeah. And and Lilo Galante, thank you, man. We'll throw Jay Prince Jr. on the petty train. He absolutely <laughs> deserves to be on the petty train. Just shut up. Like when you connect to something to something tragic. Just shut up and go to the corner, man. Just just let it fade away. And on top of that, I hate what we saw or what's come out. You know, we saw Quavo, you know, take off and, and all set, get upset. Or all set and take off, got upset about it. And they had a screaming match in the background because he wasn't part of it. Look, I'm glad from the audio that we heard Cardi B tell both of them that they were wrong. Like, dude, both of y'all are wrong. Like, what are we talking about right now? Move on. And then, last but not least, Logan Paul. I meant to drop this last week when I first saw it. I'm like, about man. The box, about uh, the boxing thing? Bro. This- Fury, where do you go from there? Like, what happens if you lose one of these fights? Um, I, I don't plan on losing, you know. I, I don't train to lose. Um, maybe that I feel like that's probably like your mindset. You know, a lot of people try to project their mindsets. No, I'm not, I, no I ain't no projected of a mindset. My question is, this is work because we're all surprised that you keep winning these fights, right? But if somebody does beat you, how much interest stays in this when it stops being surprised? They won't. They won't. And and I'm gonna be honest, bro. I don't know who the fuck you are. My PR team set, Dude, set up. All this I interview. know about you is that people don't like you. Bro, look. Wait, what? They had to cut that because I don't really know. What the heck? Look, man, I, I'm not the biggest Bomani Jones fan. I'm not either, though. <laughs> I, I'm not the biggest Bomani Jones fan. But Logan Paul, man, unique. Man, see, this is what I'm talking about, man. The whole, I don't know who you are, I think. But they edited that last part because that was a little off. Like, how did it get from that to that? No, the promo, I actually saw the full clip. Oh, okay. I, I've seen a full clip, and yeah, he was he was a butthole. He was a butthole. Okay. okay. It was almost like that. That's your mindset, like, dude. He's asking you a question. Yeah, just like I just like what happens. Like, what what do you do? Like, and I'm tough on the media. Like, if I felt like it was a loaded question or like a terrible question, especially from Bomani, we wouldn't hold back if we was criticizing Bomani. But come on, man. Look, what what are we talking about right now? Like, either say, man, I'm not going to lose, so that's something we won't worry about. Dude, I don't know who the F you are. What are you? Come on, man. He's a clown. He's a clown, bro. I had to put him on the petty train. And I meant to do it, like, Friday. But I totally forgot. (laughs) So, thanks, guys, for joining me today. Pray for left. Out there in the desert, man, making connections, doing work. Pray for prosperity and success, yo. My boy said he reached out to you. Yeah, I talked to him. Uh, he didn't hit me back. He's from the 305, right? Area code? Yeah. He didn't hit me back. Yeah. He said he was in He said he was going to hit you back. He was at the uh, the Super Bowl kickoff. Yeah, he was at the kickoff last night. I saw him standing next to Spice Adams. Oh, man, a funny Texas. dude right there, man. Man, that, man, you have to meet him in person. He's, he's worse in person. Oh, he's worse in person, bro. He's worse in person. Man. Man. He's, man. I got a story to tell you. That's so much fun, though. I think that would be so fun. Dude, I have a story to tell you about that fool. That dude <laughs> sat with us and broke down the dynamic of every type of woman in an NFL setting. It was like, we he took us to school. It's the funniest thing. Ever. 
I'll tell you off air because I can't tell oh, you. Dude, my God. We wouldn't have a podcast. People would unfollow us if I told you <laughs> all the stuff he said. For left, up Sean Davis. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Get spice on the pod, man. <laughs> we got to get him on the pod for sure. We'll see you for another episode of Lucky Lefty Podcast tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday, but most of all, make sure you spin it different. We'll <laughs>